Friends, welcome. Uh, this is the first of our talks in the Mansfield series for Hillary Term. And uh, I welcome all of you. It's wonderful to see you. I'm so sorry. It feels incredibly cold in here to me. Keep your coats on. Um, we should have a sort of real blankets or something. It just feels so chilled. Um, uh, I, I'm really sorry for that. So I hope that uh, the, the passions that will be aroused around the topic will uh, make us all feel much warmer. This is the first time, of course, we've all come together since um, uh, the new president of the United States has been installed. And if anything is likely to raise our temperatures, <laughs> it's just thinking about um, him and uh, his role in our world. Um, I want to introduce you to our speaker tonight, Susan Richards, who is a, is a, is a great coup for us to have um, drawn her here to speak to us tonight. Because Susan Richards is um, a founder of Open Democracy and a non-executive director of Open Democracy. And Open Democracy is a, this incredible um, site, which I recommend to all of you, where um, you can go online uh, and see the most incredible articles um, about politics in the world. And uh, they're brilliantly written, um, they're stimulating, they sometimes come from very different, you know, different directions, and, uh, and it's really about uh, democracy, and then there's a sort of conversation that takes place after the pieces. And, uh, and so Susan, um, uh, with Anthony Barnett, was one of the founders of Open Democracy and has been a very important powerhouse in the creation of that new, using the new media um, for important purposes. And my God, is it going to be important to have reliable sources for good information in an age where, we, where truth is somehow um, being described as, um, as post-truth and where we're having now um, um, alternative fact um, entering our lives. And so to have reliable sources written by, by people who are committed to ethical, high journalistic standards is very important. Uh, Susan uh, Mary Richards has produced a number of really wonderful feature films, with a prize-winning book, Ethics of Everyday Life, which is about the lives of ordinary Russians in the transition from communism into, into the kleptocracy, really, that um, Russia has become. She's also written Lost and Found in Russia, Encounters in the Deep Heartland, which covers the period 1992 to 2008. Um, and that was published um, um, uh, in 2009. Um, so we're really fortunate to have a uh, public intellectual and scholar in the form of Susan Mary Richards to come and address us tonight about the really challenging issue, which is, are we looking at another Cold War? Susan Mary. Good evening. It's a great honor to be here. If I were a pundit or a true scholar, I would doubtless not have accepted this invitation tonight, because and this is a moment when all the, all the real scholars are diving under their, you know, in hiding, rather than try and predict what's going on, because, um, well, for obvious reasons. But I'm not. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, a writer and a storyteller. And I come with a completely different set of experience, which is I first went there to Russia um, more than 30 years ago. And I searched out people who knew nothing about the West and um, wanted to find out what their expectations were, what their hopes were. Their hopes were to be part of 
and extended Europe. And the lure of the West, and me as a little splinter of that West, was that we were the embodiment of an idea of freedom and democracy. And um, I went back and back and back, and then we sort of jump cut to now. <coughs> and we find that the ex number two in NATO, who's just written a book, describes as being as being on the brink of war, and um, as the Western Alliance as being in more disarray than anything since the Suez Crisis in 1956. Now that's pretty um, alarming. He, according to him, Russian troops can overwhelm the Baltic states in at most 60 hours, um, but in most um, in most trials they did of this, much less than that, and NATO would have no effective comeback. So, how is it that we've got from there to here in 30 years, and um, how is it that we managed to win the Cold War and yet lose the peace so seriously? That's the question. And how is it that today the notion of truth, of, of freedom and democracy, uh, doesn't have any traction anymore for um, Russians when you talk to them? Um, we, um, we, on our public record, we have, I'm not going to rehearse all the things we've done to, um, to break their faith in those ideas, but simply um, the most important, of course, was the invasion of Iraq. That is what comes up in every conversation you have. Um, and there's no <coughs> reconnecting with that. But what, what, what we did in the West um, ourselves vis-à-vis -vis Russia, the great cardinal mistake we made was to need an enemy again. We reached for the concept of an enemy again. We reinvented NATO. And first of all, we embraced Eastern Europe, and that was all very well within its limits. But we then made this extraordinary mistake, thanks to the fact of having disbanded so much of our expertise about Russia. The Foreign Office actually disbanded its research department. And um, so we didn't, perhaps, you know, if you're going to put a good construction on it, we didn't know what we were doing, did we really not? when we started talking to Georgia about including it in NATO, when we started doing the same thing even more seriously to Ukraine. I don't know if any of you have seen an extraordinary documentary made by one of Russia's leading documentary makers called Vitaly Mansky, uh, which is just on here and there at the moment. And Mansky sounds like an absolute Russian. He 
I was um, trained as a documentary maker in Russia, in Moscow, and he's made absolutely wonderful documentaries. His latest is about his relations. His relations, he was born and bred in West Ukraine, in Lvov, Lviv. And um, his blood is all Belarusian, Polish, West Ukraine, U I mean, it's that sort of melange. And his relations now are in Crimea, Donbass, and West Ukraine. And um, they are correspondingly, absolutely, on two sides of a divide now. And they, they are where they live. They, they absolutely, um, their identity is simply part of their locality. And for him, of course, it is utterly tragic because he, um, he now, he, he doesn't feel himself to be Russian, but um, that is where... Um, his, his, his status as a Russian is, he feels, is more and more precarious. Anyway, Russia's response to um, the, 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 the events of, um, of, of the, the revenge on our encroachment into Ukraine was absolutely inevitable, and it, it, it took some doing. They sent two security service generals there, and they had to work jolly long and hard to stir up trouble in Donbass. It didn't come easily. It wasn't as if people were longing to rise up, but um, it took a few months. Um, but in the end, um, they got what they want, which was trouble. And um, so we imposed sanctions, and this coincided, of course, with the huge drop in the oil price with the result that uh, Russia then went back into this position of isolation. Its economy, which Putin never bothered to diversify during the years of peak oil, uh, was then tanking and needs a complete structural overhaul, which there's no money for. And, um, if you look at the true indicator of the health of any society, you look at its most vulnerable. And it's, it's very salutary to look at just a few categories of um, what's happened to, for instance, look at children. Up until the end of the Soviet Union, all orphans used just to go to orphanages because there was no culture of adoption. That started to change after uh, the end of Soviet power. And um, adoption started quite on big, big scale, particularly with America. And of course, this trouble has brought that completely to a, a full stop. Now, children simply go to orphanages, as they did before. As for um, disabled children, or what they would call mentally defective, still, um, you know, they were seen almost as sort of defective objects and, and, and automatically almost went to um, also into orphanages. All that had started to change, but uh, again that process has ground to a halt. Um, and you find the same thing if you look at, I mean the notorious example is homosexuality. Uh, when my husband and I and a group of friends started um, something called Book Aid, uh, which um, sent a million books 
to public libraries all over Russia after the fall of communism. There were a lot of books about homosexuality in that lot, that, and they were fallen on. They went to all the public libraries, they started um, gay advice centers in all the cities, and that whole process just stopped after, after Ukraine. And um, homosexuality is now um, sort of quasi-legitimate to persecute them. I mean, it is, it is absolutely notorious. As for women, well, you probably noticed in the newspapers um, that there's a, there's a bill being discussed in the Duma even this week about removing domestic violence from being a criminal um, offence. And, um, you know, there's an old say, the, the Russian saying about um, beating your wife is a sign of loving her. Mm -hmm. That's true. Then there's addiction, of course. Addiction, um, which just, there was an epidemic after the fall of communism. And um, an epidemic which the West was quite helpful in learning and teaching Russians to cope with and with our experience. Uh, but um, the needle exchanges, which, I mean, a, a, along with the epidemic, has come an absolute epidemic of, of HIV. Uh, it, and um, the rate per head of population is double that in the United States. But uh, people won't go and be tested because there is such a stigma. It, it, it is thought that this is something that you can just catch the way that you catch a cold by being close to somebody or shaking hands with somebody. And, um, and as for cures, um, methadone is disapproved of by the church for being another addictive substance. And so the only, the only cure is simply <coughs> to just come off the stuff. So all these are just um, a small slew of, 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 of problems which once Russia, once the West turned its back on Russia, these were all um, locked in. And th there's no way of engaging with any of these problems, including you know, the system systemic corruption from top to bottom until Russia opens out again. And um, what we need, of course, is to engage. We need to engage. Um, we live in a, in a hyper-engaged world, and, and it has now become um, dangerous for us to engage. I, I can no longer do what I've always done, which is write about the lives of ordinary Russians because I've been warned by all of the people who love me in Russia that I will bring uh, real trouble to anybody I write about. And um, so it looks as if, uh, well, let's now move to the election, which I've been firmly keeping off until this point, um, because I, I want to get to discussing, um, to a discussion. But if Hillary had won the election, despite the fact that Putin absolutely loathes her, um, it would have been possible to get down to some serious business because uh, they're all their own parties and, 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 and what I've been outlining is not, um, is, is not, is fairly, 
is common knowledge. Now, Trump's elected. And um, we've had all these extraordinary phrases flying around in the pre-electoral period about NATO being obsolete, about um, the Russians um, wanting Crimea to become to be annexed, and um, and um, this sort of love affair going on between Putin and Trump. So you'd think, well, fine, engagement, fine. But um, now we come to the BuzzFeed dossier. I don't know how many of you have actually read this. Uh, 35-page BuzzFeed document. Any of you? Yeah. Ah, well, Helena, predictably. I'm going to leave the whole business of these sex videos, whether they exist or not, whether they're fake or not, completely out of this little bit of... this is We're discussing ideas here. Uh, but these 35 pages are absolute dynamite. What they outline is... Um, a relationship which has lasted five to eight years, in which Trump has been an active agent of influence, uh, in uh, and uh, that there's basically been a deal made between three different inter intermediaries and um, and uh, people in the immediate presidential administration. That um, first of all. Um, Trump will help with the breakup of the liberal international order. That's the, the Bretton Woods, or at least that is what, what is, he is being asked to do. Secondly, um, that he'll lift sanctions. And thirdly, that he'll take attention off uh, Ukraine, that he'll remove the spotlight from that. And um, in return, What's on offer, according to Sechin, the president of Rosneft, the, um, the biggest national oil company, 19% stake in, uh, in the business. 19%. Now, um, this is why you haven't been reading about this in your newspapers, because it's, um, it's inflammatory stuff. So inflammatory that if you believe this document, which I'm inclined to, um, it led to um, the uh, sacking of the head of the presidential administration in August. Everybody wondered why this happened, and because he was deemed to have gone too far in pursuit of this um, this flirtation with Trump. Anyway, it seems to me that. The very existence of this BuzzFeed dossier uh, is going to paralyze Trump from doing anything substantial with Russia at all, because uh, except on Syria. On Syria, um, Syria doesn't come into all this, and on Syria he could make a lot of progress and do things which Obama didn't manage to do, um, like get Putin to put pressure on Assad not to, um, to, to behave differently with prisoners um, and, um, and with civilians. That could be, that's room for deal-making. But apart from that, if he does anything on sanctions or on 
the Ukraine front. It seems to me, and I haven't had anybody to talk about this with, that he's potentially laying himself open to a charge of treason. Because um, that deal was pre-presidential, but if he goes near that agenda now, it's a very different thing. So anyway, that's all I want to say at the moment, because it's um, pretty inflammatory. Um, and I really would like us now to talk and have your input about 